Hey guys, Pastor Marcus here. Welcome to the Pomo Pastor Podcast, where our focus is going to be how to optimize your local Adventist church. I hope you're blessed by what you hear and that it inspires you to make a difference in your local church today. Hey everyone, it's Marcus here. Today I want to take a few moments to talk to you about what Bruce Lee taught me about evangelism. Now I know that's kind of a weird title, so I'm going to explain it. Don't worry about it. Bruce Lee, for those of you who've been living under a rock and have no idea who he is, um, Bruce Lee is the greatest martial arts icon of all time, bar none. Now, I remember growing up as a kid, because I was you know, a dorky kid. In fact, I'm still pretty dorky. Uh, Bruce Lee was one of my heroes, and there were other guys like Chuck Norris, Samo Hung, um, Bolo, uh, Steven Seagal. All these guys were action movie stars, and, and they all fought like this crazy good you know, kung fu martial arts. And so, as a kid, I, I loved these guys. And I had friends who loved these guys, and we would get into debates, you know, who would win between Jackie Chan and Jet Li, or, or who would win between, you know, Bolo and, 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 and Chuck Norris. And, you know, we would have these debates back and forth, back and forth. And if you ever wanted the debate to end, all you had to say was, yeah, but none of them can beat Bruce Lee. And the whole conversation would end because whether we were right or not, Bruce Lee was such an icon of martial arts. He was like up here that the moment you mentioned him, it was like, yeah, nobody, nobody could take him on. Now, of course, Bruce Lee, you know, sadly passed away when he was really young, but he left this legacy. He left this, this, you know, this legend of being this amazing martial artist that still lives to this day. You know, people still talk about how amazing he was. But here's the thing, and here's the thing that I learned about Bruce Lee, and it's also the thing that I think made him so amazing. Bruce Lee had a belief, and his belief was something like this. I'm not quoting anyone here, I'm just paraphrasing what I know about Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee's belief went something like this. When you fight in martial arts, let's take for example Kung Fu. There is a problem with Kung Fu, there is a weakness to Kung Fu, and it's this. The art, that particular art of fighting, assumes that the person that you're fighting against agrees to your set of rules. Let me say that again because that's the key. The problem with Kung Fu is that it assumes that the person that you're fighting agrees to your set of rules. That is the problem with it. So for example, Kung Fu is primarily a striking sport. There's a lot of punching, there's a lot of kicking, elbows, you know, all that kind of thing. If you get into a fight as a Kung Fu practitioner with someone who is an expert at jujitsu, which is a grappling art, they take you to the ground, they wrap you up, choke holds, arm bars, all kinds of stuff. If you get into a fight with that guy and that guy takes you to the ground, as a Kung Fu practitioner, you, you are suddenly very limited. In fact, you may find yourself so out of your element that your black belt in all of your years of training becomes useless. That was Bruce Lee's challenge. But it wasn't just to Kung Fu, it was to every single kind of fighting style out there. Whether it was Jiu Jitsu, Kung Fu, boxing, karate, whatever it might be, Bruce Lee's challenge was the problem with all these styles of fighting is that they all assume the person you're fighting agrees to fight you according to your rules. But if the person doesn't agree to your rules and they're really good at breaking your rules, everything that you've trained so hard to master becomes absolutely meaningless. And this is what Bruce Lee taught me about evangelism. Because what I discovered over the years is that we do evangelism the same way martial arts do martial arts. 
we assume that the people that we're evangelizing agree to our set of rules. And our evangelism is designed in a way in which it only works if the person you're evangelizing already agrees to your set of rules. So for example, our evangelism assumes that a person already agrees that there is such a thing as truth. Now, if you're trying to evangelize postmoderns, you're going to get nowhere with them. All of your study, all of your, you know, your Bible study resources and your theology degree, all of that becomes meaningless when you encounter someone who says, I don't think there's any such thing as truth. It's a challenge that missionaries had in India as well, because in India, they were preaching Jesus and the Indians would accept Jesus. And they thought, oh, this is amazing, this is great. But then they realized, wait a minute, they're not just accepting Jesus, they're adding him to the pantheon of their other gods. Because the Hindus were playing by a different set of rules to the Christians. The Christians assumed the moment you receive Jesus, you renounce everything else. The Hindus didn't assume that. That wasn't the rule that they played by. And even today, for example, let me use uh, an example on, let's talk about the Sabbath. Um, if you preach the Sabbath to an audience of traditional Protestant Christians, your focus is most likely going to be the Sabbath, you know, the change from Saturday to Sunday, the seventh day to the first day, right? And you go through scripture and, and you go through history and, and you might have success because all traditional Protestant Christians agree that the Sabbath is still a commandment that is relevant for Christians. What they don't agree with is that it's on the seventh day. They think it's on the first. And so if you focus on that, you might convince them. However, if your audience is primarily postmodern or post-Christian, your entire sermon will appear, at best, appear completely unnecessary. And at worst, it will come across as narcissistic and egotistical because you're arguing for this real narrow way. And for them, it's like, why are you even getting into this, right? And we could even say, you know what, forget the postmoderns and the post-Christians. Let's talk about evangelical Christians altogether. Only traditional Protestant Christians believe the Sabbath is still binding. And so if you're preaching that sermon to an audience that is primarily coming from the perspective of this commandment isn't binding at all, everything you say is meaningless. So the point is, our evangelism has to meet people where they are. Like Bruce Lee, who said, look, this only works if everyone who you're fighting agrees to your rules and people don't agree to your rules. So you have to adapt. You have to become adaptable. You have to become like water, he said. You know, water takes the shape of whatever it's poured into, but it doesn't stop being water. And that's the point that he was making. So Bruce Lee became the father, the, 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 the originator um, or the popularizer of the concept of mixed martial arts. You learn a bit Kung Fu. You learn a bit of... Um, um, you know, uh, Muay Thai, you learn some grappling, you learn some boxing, you learn some wrestling, you mix them all together so that when you're in a combat situation and the person changes the rules on you, it's fine because you're able to change the rules as well. That was the point that Bruce Lee was making. And that's how our evangelism should be. We shouldn't assume that everyone agrees with what we agree with or agrees to our set of rules when it comes to the pursuit of truth. We need to pursue truth in a way in which people coming from different walks of life and different ideologies and different sets of rules, can we can engage them intelligently and meaningfully. Now, let me be honest here, guys. Bruce Lee is not the originator of this innovative sort of mixed approach to, to something, right? So if we go way back to Jesus himself, we see that Jesus used a very mixed approach 
approach to evangelism. Let me read you just a few texts. I'm just turning my, my face here for those of you who are watching this in video because I want to read this. It says this, all throughout scripture, we see Jesus presenting the gospel of the kingdom in diverse ways. So for example, to Nicodemus, he says, you must be born again. Now, why did he say that? Because Nicodemus was a Pharisee and he was a theologian. And so that phrase had a lot of meaning to Nicodemus. But when Jesus talked to the woman at the well, she wasn't a Pharisee and she wasn't a theologian. So he didn't say, he didn't preach the gospel to her as you must be born again. No, he switched the, the metaphor. He switched the rules. Instead, he says to her, Whoever drinks this water is going to thirst again. I'm going to offer you water that you, when you have it, you'll never thirst again. He switched his approach. To Nicodemus, it was theological. To hers, it was experiential. He switched his approach. Again, to the rich young ruler, Jesus says, you know, sell everything that you have and then you'll have treasure in heaven. It's interesting because Christians generally, when we're sharing the gospel, we keep going on about being born again, being born again, being born again. Jesus didn't use that metaphor all the time. He always changed it. He always changed the rules according to the people that he was ministering to. And of course, there's a famous passage um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to read it here as well. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might win more. Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all people, that I might by some means save some. This is an example, right? Paul is here communicating this, this idea that we can't get stuck to one particular set of rules. And to be honest, guys, I think the most powerful demonstration of this is in the book of Acts, chapter 15, 16. What happens is that there is a Jerusalem council, and in the Jerusalem council, the church hashes out some of the theological controversies that were happening in their day. The biggest one, or one of the biggest ones, being circumcision. Should Gentiles who convert to Christianity be circumcised like a Jew. In other words, should they be Jew first and then Christian? And what they decided at the Jerusalem Council was, it's not necessary, right? That was old covenant. We're now in the new covenant. And so circumcision is not something that is necessary under the new covenant. So leave them alone, basically, right? Let the Gentiles, um, you know, leave them be with that issue. But here's the amazing part. This was a huge issue. In fact, Paul goes so far as to say that circumcision, if you practice circumcision under the terms of the Old Covenant, in the New Covenant, what you're doing is anti-gospel, right? This was huge. This was a really serious issue. And yet, in the very next chapter, when Paul gets ready to go and preach the gospel to the Jews, he circumcises Timothy. It's like, wait a minute, didn't you just spend an entire like chapter or, or I, say, I don't know how long it took, maybe a week, maybe a few days, I don't know, but you guys went to Jerusalem and you hashed these theological issues out and you made it very clear that it's not necessary to be circumcised that we're under the new covenant that that's done for, that that's gone, that that's, that's a dispensation that has passed. And yet now that you're going to preach the gospel to the Jews, just after the Jerusalem council, you take, you take Timothy and you circumcise him. Why are you contradicting yourself? And the reason is very simple. Paul knew that he, when they went to preach the gospel to the Jews, they were going to be playing according to the Jews' rules, not their rules. And they had to be willing to adapt to the rules that the Jews would bring to the table if they wanted to have a meaningful experience with them. And that's what we need to do. We need to be willing to adapt 
our approach and our rules to meet people where they are, never compromising what is central to our identity and our mission and to the truth about God's character, but being willing to adapt our methodologies so that we can reach people where they are. That's what Bruce Lee taught me about evangelism. I hope it challenged you guys today, and I hope it gives you just, uh, you know, just an opportunity to sit down and start thinking and, and, and just getting creative and imaginative with what you can do with the work that God's called you to do. Take care, guys. God bless. I'll catch you next week. Well, that's all I've got time for today. But if you want some more, just come hang out at pomopastor.com. Thanks again for spending some time listening to the podcast. I'll catch you on the next one.